0: Song. All right, if you have your Bibles here this morning, like if you turn to Colossians chapter 1, and uh, beginning with verse 12 and 13, we have uh, began a, just a small three-point uh, series concerning what about salvation you don't want. And so last Sunday morning we preached on being a partaker of the inheritance of the saints. And this morning we want to preach on the second part of that, which is going to be in verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. So let's stand to our feet in honor of God's holy word. And uh, we'll read verses 12 and 13 this morning and bring the message the Lord has brought to our hearts. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Father, we come to You in the name of Jesus this morning, and I I humbly come to You, Lord, surrendering and yielding to Your will. We're praying this morning, Lord, that You take us and use us for the glory of God. Father, hide us behind this desk, behind the cross. God, may we not be seen nor heard, but may Christ be exalted and magnified. Father, if this morning you don't draw men unto yourself, Lord, there be none drawn. God, if we don't lift up Jesus this morning, there will be none that come to Christ. And so this morning, Lord, it's not about us, it's about you. It's not about, Lord, what we feel or what we think, it's about you. And God, this morning we pray, Father, that you be glorified. Jesus may be magnified in every which way there is. Father, may we bow our knees and with our tongues confess, Lord, that Jesus is Lord this morning. Save the lost. Touch those this morning, dear God, that are saved, cold and indifferent. We pray for those that are hurting, sick, diseased. We pray you touch their bodies and give them strength. Father, we pray for Sister Doris this morning. Lord, you touch her body, her heart, and her mind. I pray, Brother Eric, dear God, you'd encourage him. I pray, Father, now you'll be with us as we go forth in this day and this hour, that Christ Jesus, may the one be the one that we worship and we bow to in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So there was three points that we saw here in the Scripture concerning last week. And if the first one was in verse 12 concerning the partaker of the inheritance and the second part was the deliverance from the power of darkness. We'll preach on that this morning. Next Sunday morning, we'll preach on and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Those three points are, are major points in Christianity. They are important parts. They are something that you and I would say that's the reason why I want to be saved because I want to be a partaker of heaven. In the way of just a recap, I want to go just a small. Take a small uh, time here to to just go over what we did say last week about being a partaker of the inheritance of the saints. And the question was posed to us was, don't you want to go to heaven? And my, I would think that everybody in this room would say, yes, I would like to go to heaven. And with that thought this morning, the Bible clearly gives us that understanding. It gives us a confidence. Look in verse 5. The word hope there is the same word as inheritance, and it says, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. And so to be a partaker of heaven this morning, is a confidence involved in that. We don't have to live thinking we might go, but we can live having confidence, the hope that we are going. We don't have to have a mindset that we uh, hope that we go to heaven, but we can expect. To go to heaven, that word hope means expectation, it means joyful, or it means joy of heaven. The word laid up there means to reserved or appointed or awaited. And so the truth of God's word is this, if you are a partaker of the inheritance of the saints, you'll know that there find joy and expectation, and there is a confidence that you can know, that you know, that you know, and that you're happy about going to heaven. I mean, a lot of people who say they're call themselves Christians that are just not happy. We find a lot of people through the day, through the, through the life, that call themselves the church of God, and they just have no joy. They're negative about everything. They see things in a negative tone. They, they're complaining. They're griping. They're murmuring. They're talking. They're gossiping. They're always in a place where you kind of say, You know what? Just don't want to be around them. Just don't want to have anything to do with them. There's not much joy at all, but I would say to you, those that are partakers of the inheritance, you can have a knowledge and understanding with confidence and with expectation that you do have a place in heaven that's reserved for you, that's appointed for you, that's awaiting you. Boy, my, why would you want that in the way of salvation? But not only a partaker of heaven, but we preached on a portion of heaven in First Peter chapter one verse three and four. It says, "To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away." reserved in heaven for you and so if I would ask you a question this morning the uh, why don't you want to go to heaven when you can go to a place that's reserved for you that is undecaying that is undefiled that is unfading that is unchanging that is untaken it's for you and it's unseen at this point but it's reserved in heaven for you I mean, that's a portion of heaven you can have. It's an inheritance you can have. It's a lot that you can have. It's like this morning, you own a piece of property down here. You can own a piece of property up there, amen, by being a partaker of the inheritance. And so we say, why don't you want to go to heaven to have a portion? Why would you want to go there to be a partaker? Then thirdly, we preached on going to a place in heaven. John chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to repair a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Where I am, there you may be also. A place. Heaven is a place. Heaven is a portion. Heaven is a partaking. Heaven is some place that you and I can know we can go and have confidence in it. We can have a place that we know that we're going to be escorted to the Father's house. We have been invited to the Father's house. And we have a reservation to the Father's house. Why wouldn't you want that? Amen? Being thankful unto the Father. But you know, don't you want to know that you can go to heaven? But don't you know that, that you want to know how to go to heaven? Well, you have to be meat. The Bible says in verse 12, which hath made us meat. M-E-E-T. That's important. You can't be a partaker unless you're a meat to be a partaker. The word meat means, it means to enable us. It means to qualify us. It means to make us fit, to make us suitable. In other words, you're born unable to go to heaven. You're born unqualified to go to heaven. You're born unfit and unsuitable to go to heaven. So the meat is is necessary for you to become a partaker of this inheritance. It's important to, for you to know that in order for us to get to this heaven that we're speaking of in the Bible this morning, it's going to take the Father to make you meet. He's going to have to qualify you. He's going to have to make you fit. He's going to have to make you suitable. He's going to have to make you, in, he's going to have to make you able to get there. We've seen the, how you do that here in Colossians chapter 1. We see in verse 5, it says, uh, For the hope that is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before the word of the truth of the gospel. In order to be made meet, you got to hear the gospel. You got to hear the truth of the gospel. The unqualified heard the word of truth, the gospel. Look at verse 6, which is come unto you. What is come unto you? The gospel's come unto you, the truth is come unto you. You've got to have the gospel. You've got to have the truth. And when that's presented to you, when that's preached to you, when that's taught to you, when that's given to you, now you make a choice, you make a decision. Do I want to be meat to be a partaker or I don't? It's a simple question. It's a simple answer. We find that the gospels come to you. The truth has come to you. The unqualified knew the grace of God. Look in verse 6. It says, which has come unto you, that's the gospel, as it is all the world, and bringeth forth fruit. So what is the fruit of the gospel? It's the faith, that you believe the gospel. So once you hear the gospel, it will bring forth fruit in your life, and that you may believe the gospel. The fruit of the gospel is the grace of God. And so according there in verse 6, it says that the gospel has come unto you, it has brought forth fruit. And because it brought, brought forth fruit, the Bible says, since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God. That word knew is a personal, intimate word. It's not an intellectual word. It's not a mental word. It's not an emotional word. It's a word that you have experienced. I, I know them. I, I knew them. And so what the Bible is saying to you and I, I heard the gospel. The gospel has now bore fruit in me and I have faith in the gospel and now I put my faith in the gospel in the Lord Jesus Christ and because of that now I know the grace of God. I know for sure that I'm saved and my sins were washed away. I know that I have a heaven reserved for me in heaven. Uh, That's what I know because of the grace of God I received Christ just like it says there in uh, verse 4 since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. See, I knew the grace of God. I heard that I was lost. I heard that Jesus was Savior. I heard that He died on the cross for my sin. Oh, when I heard that, the fruit of that in my heart has created faith in me. my Bible says, the faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And when I heard the word of God, God convinced me and persuaded me I was a sinner. He persuaded me that Jesus died for my sin. And I trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. By the grace of God, I did that. And since I heard that I put my faith in Christ, now I can give thanks unto Him as being a partaker of the inheritance of the saints. Amen? I hope you understand. I hope that's clear to you. Of how a qualified becomes now unqualified becomes qualified because they receive the Lord Jesus. And so we find, as we talked last week, and let's move forward now, now that you're qualified about salvation, uh, then why in the world about salvation you don't want to be delivered from the power of darkness? Now, we don't talk about the power of darkness much. I I mentioned this last week. How many of this week has talked about the power of darkness? How many of y'all sit around the turkey and the dressing and uh, the pecan pie and the pumpkin pie and say, Hey, listen, let me talk about the darkness today. Let me tell you about the power of darkness. I I don't believe that was conversation. If it was, uh, that would be something that God had to move in and move about. But most time that this week we had a lot of conversations with a lot of people and we came in contact with a lot of folks that we might have known or we have known. And in the midst of all that, nobody's talked about the power of darkness. Because that's just not a subject that we like to talk about. Nor a subject that we really know much about. Nor a subject that we're really concerned over. Yet, salvation is about rescuing you and about delivering you from the power of darkness. Now this is probably a scary part, or this is probably a a frightful part, to know that without Jesus Christ in your life today, without you coming under the fruit of the gospel, and that's faith, without you coming under the knowledge of the grace of God, and that's salvation, you find yourself, you are in the power of darkness. You're born in the power of darkness. The power of darkness is around you. The power of darkness is about you. The power of darkness is infiltrating your home. The power of darkness is moving upon your mind and heart on a daily basis. The power of darkness is above and beyond you. It takes the Lord Jesus Christ in order to be delivered from the power of darkness. You can't say today, tomorrow I won't have anything to do with the power of darkness. It won't work that way. You can't get up in the morning and say, you know what, today... I'm going to reject the power of darkness. I'm going to refuse the power of darkness. And your life will be different. It don't work that way. It takes the Lord Jesus Christ to deliver you, to rescue you from the power of darkness. Why wouldn't you want that? In salvation, why would you want to be delivered from the power of darkness? And I can tell you why. Because you don't think the power of darkness is bad. Because you don't know anything about the power of darkness. Because you don't think the power of darkness is evil. You don't think the power of darkness is that, uh, is that tragic or that, uh, or that damaging or destructive. Because we don't say it. Mom and Daddy didn't teach it. Grandma and Grandpa didn't tell you about it. They tell you about the football, they tell you about how to make a pie, they tell you how to fix a car, they tell you how to cut the grass, uh, they tell you how to, how, to, how, to, how to be a wife and how to be a mother, and they teach you a lot of things about a lot of things that go on in life, but nobody's telling anything about the power of darkness, and that's the one thing you've got to be delivered from. Don't you think it's strange? That we just keep on going and keep on going. And nobody says nothing about the power of darkness. That Jesus said that you have to be delivered from. We are not to be delivered from mama's recipes. Or daddy's mechanical abilities. Or, or, or mama's way of life. Or grandpa's things that he does. And he did. Oh, but we got to be delivered from the power of darkness. Now I want you to notice the operation. Of the power of darkness. Uh, This term power of darkness was used by Jesus. And turn with me if you don't mind to Luke chapter 22. Luke 22. And we'll get back to Colossians here in just a moment. But I just want to bring to our attention that Jesus identifies by the way of mentioning the power of darkness. And it has to be interesting to us. Uh, It has to be something this morning that we're going to have to pay attention to. Especially if you're lost. Luke 22 and verse 53, Jesus makes this statement. He says, "And when I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me, but this hour, but this is your hour and the power of darkness." Now, up to this point here, there has been a lot of activity with Jesus. A lot of preaching, a lot of teaching, a lot of healing, a lot of miracles, a lot of signs, a lot of wonders. There's been much to say about Christ and His life and much to say about Christ in His love and His leadership. But from this point on, it changes. From this point on, it's different. From this point on, it's obvious. And Jesus calls it, the power of darkness. He begins to identify. So if we can take this point And move on to the day he's crucified. We can see what the power of darkness is. Because Jesus said. This is the power of darkness. I want you to notice this morning. The activity of darkness. In verse 53 and verse 54. I notice the, the hatred of. Of Jesus. Now remember now, Jesus calls this the power of darkness. In Colossians, it says He has delivered us from the power of darkness. So the very power of darkness that we have to be delivered from at salvation is the very power of darkness that Jesus is about to experience. So what's he experiencing? Well, number one, he's experiencing in the way of activity the hatred of Of Jesus verse 53 verse 54 said then they then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house and Peter followed afar off they arrested Jesus they took Jesus they didn't take Jesus because they loved him they didn't take Jesus because they thought a lot of him. They didn't take Jesus because they were befriending him. And they didn't take Jesus in order to help him. They took Jesus because they hated him. And they hated who Jesus was. They hated who Jesus said he was. He hated what Jesus said and what Jesus taught. And so in that mindset, we already see the activity of the power of darkness is that they hate Jesus. Number two, they were cruel. The cruelty of Jesus. see in verse 63. The Bible says, And the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is it that smote thee? And many other things blasphemously spake they against him. Now why would Jesus be treated in this manner? What did he do? What sin did he commit? What crime has he he done? What is it that Jesus has said that has created a hatred among the people? What is it that Jesus has done that would bring somebody to a place to slap somebody in the face, to spit in his face, to mock them, to lie, to be blasphemous of him? He's done nothing to no one. He's done nothing to anyone. He's innocent in every way. No sin, no crime, no anything that Jesus has done to create this kind of behavior. But he said this, he said, this is your hour the hour of the power of darkness, and it's the cruelty of Jesus. It's the hatred of Jesus. Number three, it's the rejection of Jesus. In chapter 23, look in verse 13. And Bible says, And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people, said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I have Examine him before you, have found no fault in this man touching those things whereof you accuse him. No, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him, for a necessity he must release one unto them at the feast. They cried out with all want, saying, Away with this man, release unto us Barabbas who for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. Pilate, therefore willing to release Jesus, spake again to them, but they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Now, what in the world did Jesus do to deserve death? What did Jesus do to deserve not only just death, but why death on the cross? Why such a cruel way of death? Why wouldn't they just take a sword and cut him? Why wouldn't they just take a bow and arrow and shoot him? Why wouldn't they just give him a concoction of poison and he would die in his sleep? Why wouldn't they just gather him up and take him off somewhere and remove him where nobody ever seen him again? Why would you take a man... And you take this man and put him on a cross and, and nail his hands upon him and his feet upon it, while he's laid on the ground. Then take up the cross and him on the cross and put it into the ground. And why would a man would suffocate? Why would a man be up there with the, the sun bearing upon his brow? Why would everybody look around and wag their heads and look and say, Oh, listen, he saved others, but he can't save himself. Why would they put Jesus on the cross of Calvary and for all the world to look in the mock? The power of darkness to crucify him. To be ugly. To be mean. To hate. To be cruel. Chapter 23, verse 32. The Bible says, And there were also two other malefactors led with him. To put to death. And when they come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. The malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Not only is the activity of darkness the hatred of Jesus and the cruelty of Jesus and the rejection of Jesus, but it's the actual death of Jesus. The power of darkness. And this morning, You didn't even know and don't even know what the power of darkness is. And yet God loved you so much. And the word of God is revealed to you in such a deep manner. That if you would ever just come to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That he would make you meet for the inheritance of the saint in light. But he would do something else. He would deliver you from the very power of darkness. Why wouldn't you want to be delivered from the death, cruelty, rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ? The power of darkness. Can I say number two? No, that's the activity of it. But can I say the appearance of it? Look there in Luke 22 and verse 70. See, this power of darkness goes further than a Jew. It goes deeper than a Roman. It goes beyond what man can see and man can do. You see, the Romans were just a pawn in the hand of darkness. The Jews was just a tool in the midst of darkness. We really find and really see about the appearance of darkness that we have to be delivered from in Luke 22 and verse 70. The Bible says then said they all not one not two not a few but all art thou then the son of god and he said unto them ye say that i am and they said what need any further witnesses for we ourselves have heard his own mouth they're saying at this point where else do we need to go to kill this man. We heard from his own mouth that he said that he was the Son of God. He said he was the Son of God. We don't need to hear anymore. Let's crucify him. Let's get rid of him. And so, why would somebody or all make a mindset to take a man That's never sinned. Take a man that's never done anything wrong. Take a man who's never said anything in the way of rude or in the way of offense. A man that has been nothing but gentle. A man nothing but lowly and humble. A man that nothing but obey his father and done right by his people a man that you can look to and look at and all of his life has been outstanding and upstanding and full of honor and full of reverence and and full of of character and full of integrity. Why? When he said that he was a son of man and now the appearance of the darkness of evil is saying this to us and to the whole world of that time. Listen, that man, we're going to protect you from him. We're going to get rid of him. See, that's the appearance of the darkness that we're speaking of this morning. In order to protect, and it comes into a form of protection, in order for us to, perform, to protect everybody else in the world, we're going to have to get rid of the Son of God. That's the appearance of evil. Do you see that? He's the Son of God. We're protecting you. We're going to get rid of Him. Stay with me now. So we find the form of protection in the way of appearance to protect us from the Son of God. But then they're going to protect us uh, and look in in Luke 23 and verse 2. The Bible says, And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation. They're talking about Jesus. I want you to look there in verse 14. Said unto them, You have brought this man unto us as one that perverteth the people. I wonder if there's anybody in this room would honestly believe that Jesus Christ, the Lord, perverteth a nation and perverteth a people. Here's the appearance. What we're going to do is we're going to protect this world against a perverter. And what we're going to do is we're going to kill him and murder him for the good and for the sake of everybody else. Because he's a perverter of people and a perverter of nation. You follow me this morning? Talking about the power of darkness. Why you need to be delivered from it. We find thirdly, look in Luke chapter 23 and verse 2. The Bible says... The bottom part of that it says and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar saying that he himself is Christ a king. We're going we're going to protect you against this king. This king is something that we as a world as a people as a power are going to protect against you because this king could harm you. This king could do bad things for you. This king could lead you into wrong direction this perverter of nations and people, uh, this one who calls himself the Son of God, we, the power of darkness, is going to protect you. Trust in us. Put your faith in this power of darkness. We're going to handle it. Luke 23, 5. And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee into this place, we're going to save you about His teaching. His teaching has caused all kind of stir up with the people. Jesus' teachings. Jesus' is preaching. Jesus' is telling. Jesus' is sharing. Jesus' is doctrine. Uh, Jesus and what He believes. And Jesus and, and who He is. Uh, that's stirring everything up. But don't worry, world. The power of darkness is here to protect you. We'll get rid of them. Never heard this before, have you? The power of darkness. we got to get delivered from it. We find in this form of protection it comes. But we also notice the fight. Of possession. You see, the darkness is trying to bring you to a mindset where the power of darkness will protect you. At the same time, it's fighting to possess you. Look at this. As they presented to the people that this one Jesus. He's the one who's the perverter of the nations the perverter of the people so who made that up? who made that up who who said that Jesus is a perverter Jesus is a perverter of people and nations they made it up and so why they made it up it has now created in the mind of the world that this made-up perverter and now they are going to fix what they made up. Jesus is not a perverter of nations. He never is, never will be, can't be. He's God. But because of a makeup, because of a lie, because of a deception, now the world is coming against Jesus to destroy Jesus on a makeup. And the one who made it up is the same power who's going to destroy him. We're living today in the power of darkness. And Fred, they're doing the same thing they've always done, and they're doing it again today. They're going to do it next year as well, and we have to be delivered from the power of darkness because they want to possess us. Darkness. Let me just give you kind of, bring it to where we are so we can understand how great that this power of darkness is. It's not just one person. It's not one political party it's not one uh, government it's not just it's more than that it's greater than that for example darkness will bring sadness in your life sadness so when darkness brings sadness which darkness is the cause for sadness the darkness will say to you that are in sadness why don't you just get some substance to either shoot, drink, snort. And while the same darkness has created sadness in you, gives you the solution to overcome the sadness, at the end of the day, it becomes a control now. Now you're a drug addict. Now you're alcoholic. Now you're one with an addiction. It all began with a sadness from the darkness, an answer from the darkness, and now a control by the darkness. Make sense? So we find this, we go again, because this is the same pattern they did with Jesus. They created that he was a a perverter, and then they created that we need to kill him, and sure enough, they did. It was all a lie and a deception the whole way. This thing, with the power of this darkness in which we live, we can use it in, in terms of I'm lonely. I'm lonely. And I, nobody really cares for me. And, and, and I really don't have anybody. And, and the, you know, so the darkness is now bringing this loneliness upon you. Well, the darkness has an answer. Look on the Internet under pornography. You'll find some, some relationship there. Uh, go and look on some kind of dating program you can find a relationship there or just get up and go to the bar just get up and go to the mall just go up somewhere and uh wear some provocative clothes or 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 make some attention drawn to you or or something because uh somebody will be drawn to you if you have certain no clothing on or you have uh you behave in certain ways or you act in certain behaviors you'll find that there's always somebody out there uh, that will notice you. And so here is darkness telling you that you're lonely. And here is darkness telling you how to overcome that loneliness. And next thing you know. You're in a relationship. That, you, that you're bad. You're getting beat up. You get your heart broken. You get a disease. Become a sexual addict. Darkness started it. Darkness answered it. Now darkness is controlling it. Same pattern that took place at Jesus' day. The same power of darkness. How about anger? Darkness will bring forth anger. Darkness will give you the answer to anger. Retaliate. Vengeance. Get back. Get even. That's how you handle that. So you go over the house. You go over to the place. You do what you do. Next thing you know. Next thing you know. You're in, you're in a bondage, either in jail or in prison, or you're in a bondage in your own heart and your own life. Your conscience is eating you up because of what you've done and how you acted and how you behaved, and now you're in control. And I could go on all day giving these illustrations of how this appearance of, of this darkness, it appears to be something good. It appears to be something Helpful appears to be something that's going to save you and it's going to help you in the way of, of protecting you. But at the same time, it's possessing you. How about politically? It works in the political farm. You take groups out there, BLM, or you take uh, Antifa, or you take some other group out there. Uh, they began to, to go to a city, they began to a place, and they began to, to do this protesting. They're saying all this protesting, they start making up these things that are going on, like, uh, uh, like uh, racial issues or, or police issues. and them are not true. If anyone will want to know the facts, you'll find the facts are not supporting what they're standing for. Am I right? It's made up. And so now they go to the cities and they're burning down, they're blowing things up, they're killing people, they're doing this and doing that. And so uh, because of that, that mindset of a lie, uh, now they're out there doing that. And so now they come back and, and they say, okay, we're going to put in our, our guy. And so the BLM uh, tells out in a way of a, 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 a written form to Biden and says, hey Biden, you owe us now for our vote for you. In other words, they started it, they got involved in it, and they're the answer. That's the power of darkness. Do you see it? Politically, it's all the time. The darkness creates lawlessness. Then they create a cause for the lawlessness. The reason why we're lawless is because of that. And then uh, they create corruption. The, The darkness creates problems. And then they have the cause for the problem. Now you're reliant upon them. They put fear in your heart. They put fear that, that I, have to, I can't have a Trump sign during the election because if I have a Trump sign, I might get my house blown up. They put fear that I can't at all say anything about Jesus or have anything about Jesus on me or somebody's going to come and hit me right in the face or cuss me out. The power of darkness. We find Darkness builds the issue, they have the answer, and then they have the control. The effectiveness of darkness is in, all the, in the drug world. It's in the sex world. It's in the TV world. It's in the music world. It's in the sports world. It's in the religion world. It's in the corporate world. It's in the political world. Let me just show you some of it this morning. Turn to Romans chapter 13. Now, aren't you glad this morning that we didn't know a whole lot of this stuff when we got saved, but when we got saved, we got delivered from the power of darkness. Those here this morning, you're still not saved. You're still in the power of darkness. You're right along with them. And you're going to go right where they go. Won't you get saved this morning? Why don't you want this salvation? In Romans chapter 13, look there in verse 11. It says, And that, knowing knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. The works of darkness. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about darkness. The power of darkness is in the works of darkness. So what are we supposed to do with that? We're going to cast them out. So what are we going to do about whatever we're casting out? Well, it says in verse 13, this is what you're going to do. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting. Now, the rioting is a scene of disorder or sensuality. That's darkness. Rioting is darkness. There's not one episode of rioting that's not darkness. You can call it what you want. You can say what you want. Anything of that nature. But the word of God makes it clear this morning. To cast off the works of darkness. The power of darkness. Is writing scenes of dishonor. And disorder. And that is just sensuality. Drunkenness. Drunkenness is celebrating the gods of wine. And and after that. Abominable acts. Don't tell me. That after a drunken festival, without a drunken night, there's some abominable acts that follow. Things just don't start with alcohol and end in alcohol. They end in adultery and fornication and whoremongering. Thieves, killing, murders, darkness. We find find the next word is chambering. That word chambering is whoremongering. Or whoredom or prostitution. Sex outside the marriage is whoredom. This is darkness. It's in the drug world, it's in the sex world, it's in the TV world, it's in the music world, it's in the sports world, it's in religion worlds, and corporate worlds, and political world. That's what it is. We find wantonness. Is uncleanness and sodomite practices. Homosexuality. The Bible says that we're to cast them out. That's the works of darkness. That's in every one of those worlds I just mentioned. The power of darkness. Strife means contentions, disputes, and arguments. You ever find yourself in arguments a whole lot? Power of darkness. It seems like every day got to argue with somebody. Have contentions or disputes. Why can't we just live in peace? Why can't we just have rest? Why can't people just get along? Why can't husband and wives? Why can't children? Why why can't we just get along to get along? Power of darkness. Power of darkness. Envy. The word envy means intense, vehement to passions. In other words, you're living on feelings and you're living on emotions. And that's how you operate in your life. That's darkness. Beheminent. And intense passions. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 says. Unfruitful works of darkness. Have no part with. Can I say number two. Not only the operation of darkness. Which we just talked about. But how about the outcome of darkness. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. And verse 1. The Bible says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now when darkness was the face of the deep, what was the earth? Without form and void. That's what darkness brings. That's what darkness does. There's no life in darkness. There's no salvation in darkness. There's no hope in darkness. There's no Christian in darkness. There's no Christ in darkness. The Bible says there in that verse 2. It says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Until God moves in. It's death and dark. And no life. It's interesting that uh, the Bible says there in Luke chapter 4. And there in verse 5, Jesus is at the wilderness. The devil shows up. Jesus hasn't eaten in 40 days and 40 nights. And one of the temptations that Jesus had to face from the devil was was this. And boy, I'd say it was interesting. I was reading it again last night. Uh, He said this to the the Lord. The devil did. The Bible says there in verse 3, And the devil said unto him, if thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it may be bread. Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The devil, verse 5, taking him up to a high mountain, showed him unto all the kingdoms of the world. To all the kingdoms of the world. Is there a kingdom of the world that he doesn't own? No. The devil says to Jesus, I will show you All the kingdoms of the world. In a moment of time. And this is what the devil said to Jesus. And the devil said unto him. All this power. Of them. For that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will give. I'll give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me. All shall be thine. Power of darkness. Who's that belong to? The devil. He's trying to tell Jesus, who's God, who created all the kingdoms of the world, that I am the one in charge right now. I am the one in darkness right now. I am the one who's to kill, steal, and destroy. I am here to remove and to replace Jesus. I am the owner here. If you bow down and worship me, I'll give that power unto you. But if you don't do that, I still retain the power. The power of darkness. Isn't that amazing? If you're not saved this morning, you're still under the power of the devil. Why wouldn't you want to be delivered from that? In Acts chapter 26, in verse 18, Paul says this. I'll read it to you. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan. Let me read that again, again, because it's the same thought process. Jesus says to Paul, this Paul, this is what you're going to do, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. So while you're born, you have not been born again, you're still under the power of Satan, the power of darkness. That'll scare you half to death that are to make you concerned with your soul. Right now, if you think and know that you haven't been born again, you haven't been saved this morning, that you're still under the power of darkness, you're still under the power of Satan, and friend, no good thing Satan is trying to do. He tried to tell Jesus he'll give it to him if he'd worship him. And the Satan's going to come to you and say the same thing. You see this world. You see all of its gold and glitter. You see all of its success and prosperity. You see all the women. You see all the potential. Listen, if you just bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the power. over it. So far you have. I don't know how far you'll go, but so far you have. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 says that the Satan, the devil, has the power over death. Ephesians 2, 2 says he's the power of the air. This power is generational. It was here with your mom and daddy. It was here with your grandpa and grandma. It will be here with your grandchildren. This power is not going anywhere. It's here to stay. It's generational. This power here is continual. It will always be with you. It will always be about you. It will be at your work. It will be at your house. It will be on your TV you watch and the music you listen to. It will be amongst your friends. It will be amongst your doings. It will be all that you drink and all that you eat. This power of darkness, friend, is here. It's around us. It's on us. It's about us. It's amongst us. This power is eternal. Now, how is this power demonstrated? It's demonstrated through ignorance. See, if you're not saved this morning, I don't know why you still want to be ignorant. You say, well, give me a verse for that. I I surely will. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and look in verse 18. The Bible says, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. You see, the power of darkness that you're in has made you ignorant. You think you're smart. You think you're intelligent. You think you're wise. Oh, that I don't have to get saved. I don't, I don't think there's a heaven anyway. I don't believe there's a hell I don't think the Word of God's true. I think Brother Larry just blows smoke up there. I think everybody else is a hypocrite. I don't believe anybody's going to heaven or hell. I think we just die and go off and scene somewhere. Listen, I can drink my booze and smoke my pot and have my women or have my men. I can do what I want to do, when I want to do, and how I want to do it. I can be rebellious and stubborn and stiff necked. I can come to church when I want to. I can read my Bible if I like. I can pray. I can give. Hey, I'm in charge of me. It's about me. Well, go ahead under that issue. Ignorance, friend. And die and go to hell. That's what the power of darkness has done. It has brought ignorance among people. That's how you see this power. It's demonstrated by the ignorance of people. You think you have it together. You think you got your ducks in a row. You think everything's okay for you. I don't care if you're 15, 16 years old, 18 or 19, 20 or 30, you're in your 60s or 70s, you're about to die in your 100. The power of darkness has brought ignorance in your life. It's about time you get delivered from that ignorance. only way to get delivered from ignorance is by the blood of the Lamb. The only way to get rescued from the deliverance of ignorance is Jesus. You can get more education, you can get more money, you can have more things, you can drive nicer cars and live in better homes, you're still ignorant. The only way, ignorance, is through the deliverance through Jesus. Amen. Another way. Is sin. That the power of darkness. Is not only demonstrated in ignorance. But it's demonstrated in sin. If you have sin in your life. Then you have the power of darkness on your life. The Bible says. There in Romans 13. 12. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. The Bible tells us. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Sin this morning. If you're in sin, if you have sin, if sin's about you, the power of darkness is about you. Another demonstration is evil. John three nineteen. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. The reason why you still want to live outside of the realm of the Word of God, you still want to be a fornicator, you still want to be a drunkard, you still want to be rebellious, you still want to be dishonoring, you still want to live yourself how you want to live, it's because you love darkness rather than light. Because your deeds are evil. Evil. Power of darkness. Hell. Jude 13 says. To whom is reserved the blackness of the darkness forever and ever. Hell. Is the power of darkness. You want to go to hell? Don't do nothing. Just continue living like you are. Don't do nothing. Don't pray. Don't change your life. Don't look to Jesus. Don't read your Bible. Don't even bring the Bible to church. Go about living with your friends and living as you do and just go on and be as corrupt as you want because, friend, that's what hell looks like. We find that it's also seen in in the Bible says, He that that hath reserved an everlasting change under the darkness, under the judgment of the great day, Jude 6. 2 Peter 2.4 says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered into the chains of darkness to reserve unto judgment. Why wouldn't he do you? Matthew 22, verse 13 says, Cast them into the outer darkness, therefore shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Fifthly, this de- is designated by blindness. The power of darkness is blindness. Proverbs four nineteen said, The way of the wicked is darkness. They know not at what they stumble. You're just blind. You think you see. You blame your parents, you blame your friends, you blame you, you blame everybody around you why you're not what you ought to be, and why you're not saved, and why you're not living for God, and why you're not right with God. Friend, it's, it's power of darkness. It's blindness. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. 1 John two eleven said, but he that hateth his brother and is in darkness and walketh in darkness and... He knoweth not whether he goeth because darkness has blinded his eyes. Third and lastly, the overcoming of darkness. How are we going to get delivered from you being a prisoner of alcohol? How are you going to get delivered from being in the chains of drugs? How are you going to get delivered from the grips of pornography? How are you going to get delivered from the bondage of sex? How are you going to get delivered from the love of money? How are you going to get delivered from the wasted life you're going to have and the broken lives you're going to bring and the suffering lives you're going to cost? How are you going to deliver from the tortured families that you're torturing, your family, the families that you are part of, torturing them in the way of your life? How long are you going to tear up your own body, destroy your own mind, kill the brain cells, and, and create, create sin upon your body that is unforgiven? beating spou- <coughs> up spouses. No joy, no peace, no rest, no ending. Ending in suicide, in murder, in robbing, in stealing. Where are you going to get delivery from that? That's all the power of darkness. It started when Jesus said, This is your hour. And today, it's still going. Three things now I'll close. The resurrection of Christ will bring forth that, that uh, deliverance. It tells us that in Luke 24, verse 1 through 7. It's the, it's the resurrection of Christ that defeated death, defeated sin. Defeated hell, defeated blindness and ignorance and Satan. The resurrection of Christ, defeated and delivered and rescued, brought victory to everyone who put their trust in Jesus Christ this morning. You say, Lord, I am a sinner. I'm going to die without Jesus. I ask you to come to my heart and save me. I want to be your child. And Jesus will come right in and save your soul. Not only the resurrection of Christ, but the redemption of Christ. We say that in verse 14 back into our text. The redemption of Christ is victory over death, victory over the grave, victory over sin, victory over hell, victory over Satan, victory over darkness. We find the third is by rescuing of Christ. Res- he rescues you by, by you getting saved and by he placing and dwelling His Spirit within you, just like He did in Genesis chapter 1. Whenever you come to Him as a sinner, you come to Him as Jesus being Savior, And you say, Lord, I repent of my sin. I turn from my sin. I turn from my wicked ways. I want to receive you. When you receive Christ, the indwelling Spirit of God comes in you. That's what brings a deliverance over sin and death and hell. That's what it brings, the rescuing. His Spirit indwells in you, lives in you, empowers you. My question this morning to you is this, in closing. What about salvation you don't want? Why wouldn't you want to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints? And then why wouldn't you want to be delivered from the power of darkness? If you do that, you can give thanks this morning unto the Father. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. The power of darkness is real. Your grandchildren are in it. Your children are in it, and we're in it. That's why we need to pray If the power of darkness will have his way. That's Satan. Friend, we all find ourselves in a battle. I would thank this morning that Christians would fall on their face before God. And God have mercy upon my children, upon my grandchildren, upon Our church upon this nation. If I was a sinner this morning, if I was lost without God, if I was just without Christ, I should get saved. God, I want deliverance today. I don't want the power of Satan to rule my life and then eventually run my life. Won't you come give to Christ your life? Come on. Let's get saved. Let's get saved. You sing, Brother George. Won't you come? Won't you come? Won't you come and give your heart to Jesus? Let Jesus rescue you out of the power of darkness. Pull you out of that pull, that cesspool of death, blindness, ignorance suicide murder disappointment abuse and abusing why would you want to go there why would you want to live like that power yes lord yes my father may you be glorified and be honored this morning praise your holy name